What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Week two of the NFL season is in the books. My name's Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. It's going too fast. Already week week two is already. Only 15 games left to go for each each team. Ugh. 13 weeks, or what did I say? 16 weeks left to go. <laughs> it's going to go by in a flash. It always does. We, of course, are socially constipated. This is Gridiron Grunts. We are going to hit you with a recap of week two of the NFL season, get you ready for week three. We'll do game previews and take you through some bets uh, that we like going into the weekend just a little bit later on. Seth, we, 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 we've had pretty different experiences through two weeks. Things have <laughs> not gone your team's way. H- have you bought any LA Rams gear yet is my question for you. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to be uh, switching over to probably the I, the true underdog team this year, the the Texans, really, I think. That's who I'm going to be rooting for. If you want to see some wins, I think Carolina. I think you'd look good in Carolina blue. <laughs> They're the ones, honestly, that are like probably one of the stronger teams in the NFL so far. Darnold does look fantastic, so maybe. You love to see it, man. Really excited about Carolina. We'll talk more about them. Going back to last week, you, we talked about the Manning cast. I got to watch some of it, not the whole thing. I love it. Immediately, I loved it. You can tell that there's not – if there's a producer present – they're not doing much like mm-hmm. in terms of telling the guys what to say and what to talk about because yeah. you can kind of see you don't have to watch for very long to get an understanding of kind of some of the dynamic between Peyton and Eli I think is interesting Peyton's mm-hmm. a big talker uh, yep. he, he, he'll he go and go and go and Eli will kind of sit back and then he'll get his point in or uh, and, <laughs> and the guests they had in yeah or a joke Pat McAfee was on who we like mm-hmm. uh, he was pretty fun to see on there. It just that's a, just a really cool like hanging with the dudes way to watch football. And and in the second half of the Packers Lions game, which we'll recap in a little bit, uh, that's what we needed. I I didn't need to hear Steve Levy tell me about how bad the Lions were. I'd rather hear it yeah. from Peyton. So that was super yeah, super yeah. fun. Rams were away this week, so I got to sit at home and watch Red Zone and check out all the games. And it was oof. It was pretty fun. I, I missed being live and in person, but there's nothing like sitting there. I'm sure you had your multiple TVs yep. out flipping between yep. games and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. And then what I've been kind of doing too, so like I'll watch the, I'll have two games on, three games on potentially uh, during the afternoon or the early games, like at noon here. And then uh, in the afternoon for the games I've missed, I'll have the two games on that are currently on that I can get like one on my laptop, one on, you know, the TV and then my uh, main TV, I'll be playing highlights from the games I missed. So I'll have football on basically just from noon until I go to bed, which is pretty awesome. That's the way to do it, man. 11 hours of football in a row with minimal breaks is uh, pretty sweet. I think my mm-hmm. record on Sunday was f- about four and a half hours. I didn't get up from my seat. Uh, I didn't even <laughs> need to pee or eat or anything. So we're, we're back, baby. I'm going back down to L.A. this weekend to watch them beat the Bucks. We'll talk about that game in a little bit, but it is definitely fun to sit at home, hammer some beers, and <laughs> kind of nap and watch your way through a, an NFL Sunday. So hopefully you guys out there are enjoying it so far as much as Seth and I. We better get the show starting. So we are going to skip our bathroom reading this week. So we're, we're not going to hit any headlines. We're going to get you right into the game recaps. So let's take a look at what happened in week two. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? All right, we have uh, week two, which kicked off Thursday night. Surprisingly competitive game between the Giants and the Washington football team. Yeah. Washington gets the win here 30-29 to on a buzzer-beater field goal by Dustin Hopkins. 
And interesting on that play, he had missed the kick as time expired. They get a second try because of an offsides uh, penalty on the Giants. He hits the retry and they win the game. So an absolute heartbreaker for the Giants who, who were competitive in this one. Daniel Jones had 249 yards and a touchdown. He also had 95 yards rushing and another touchdown. So if you had Daniel Jones in your fantasy lineup, one, I'm sorry, but two, <laughs> probably a pretty good week for you. Sterling Shepard had 94 yards as well. And then on the Washington side, I, I think what I would highlight in this game, it, Seth, is, is Taylor Heineke. 336 mm-hmm. yards, two touchdowns. He does throw a pick that very nearly lost them the game, probably should have lost them the game late in the fourth quarter. But Antonio Gibson led in rushing 69 yards. They used uh, J.D. McKissick quite a bit. He had five catches out of the backfield for 83 yards and ran in a touchdown. Scary Terry McLaurin, though, is quickly <laughs> putting up like NFL-leading-type numbers. 11 catches, yep. 107 yards, and a touchdown. He has everybody's attention, if he didn't already. So the offense, I think we were concerned about Washington uh, You know, with Heineke. Could they get it done? Put up enough points here uh, to get the win. Giants were able to score on that Washington defense, which is maybe a concern. I think New York is an afterthought. They're going to be a top five draft pick probably. But Seth, what's your updated thought on Washington after this game? You still think they're potentially a playoff team? I'm a bit worried about their defense, honestly. They've given up a lot of yards. Uh, The Chargers, they gave up like close to 400 yards. The Giants, they gave up, what, over 300 yards, I think. Daniel Jones looked great in that game. I mean, this is easily the best game he's looked as a pro. So I, I'm a bit worried about that Washington defense. I, You know, they still have Chase Young and Montez Sweat who were able to get after the quarterback, but it seems like their their secondary has uh, kind of taken a step back this season. So I think they're going to have to rely more and more on Chase Young to get some pressure to, to keep that, that defense to the level they were last year. Uh, like I mentioned with the Giants, Dan, uh, Daniel Jones looked good, foreign to say, <laughs> because he, has, he hasn't looked great so far but maybe this is a turning point for him there's a ton he has a ton of talent on that team there's so many good weapons that he has available and he just hasn't quite lived up to it he has still has a terrible terrible offensive line but he is he's he can move like he he ran a ton in this game so they have a couple of good corners I obviously I don't think the Giants are going to be a team that competes for any you know division title or playoff spot but I think they're going to challenge teams. They they've put up a good fight against the the Broncos. They put up a really good fight against the the uh, football team. So I don't know. We'll see about the Giants. Maybe they upset a couple teams this year. And Washington. I think I need to see a little bit more of that defense before I can say that they're the clear division winner. Because right now, to me, that's the that's the Cowboys. They've moved into that spot. I think I would I would definitely agree with you. We're going to get to the boys in just a second. Yeah, Washington didn't impress in this one. If you're going to be a playoff team, you really got to, I think, take it to this Giants team. And they didn't do anything that really looked like overperforming. So, yeah, if the Washington defense isn't, you know, a, a top three, then who knows? Um, but we'll see. Maybe Heineke will continue to uh, progress. Yeah, he and, looked and they good. And will continue to be competitive. I think he has so much trust in his receivers. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that he's pinpoint accurate like some of these guys, but he'll put it in a garage, and they yeah. got guys who can go get it. We'll be interested to see what Washington does. Most people picked Washington to cover, 3.5-point spread, uh, lost that one. This was a terrible week for me in pigskin pick'em. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll look at the, the leaderboard once we get through here, but I was shit this week. Missed on Washington, also missed on the Cleveland Browns. Had them to cover their 12.5-point spread against Houston. They did not do that, but they do get the win. They went by 10 points, 31 to 21. So Cleveland gets its first win 
and Houston falls to one and one as well. It was weird for the Browns, I thought, in this game. They were mm-hmm. tied at 14 going into halftime. It just seemed like the fast, sexy Browns that I was expecting just weren't there. Like this mm-hmm. was the middle third of the season last year when Odell Beckham went down and they ran it a ton. They were very slow and kind of boring. Baker Mayfield only throws 21 times. He completes 19 of those passes, though. So efficiency and taking care of the football, definitely there. So Baker's 19 of 21, 213 and a touchdown. He does throw one pick. Nick Chubb goes for 95 and a touchdown, and Kareem Hunt adds 51 more yards on the ground. Baker Mayfield ran in a touchdown as well. Jarvis Landry goes down in this game, and he's gone on IR. He's going to miss at least three games with an MCL strain, and so... The wide receiving core for Cleveland is quickly looking not super impressive. We don't know yet when Odell Beckham is going to come back, but it sounds like he's maybe close. So, you know, if they can trade him in for Landry, you know, we'll see. But this is a team that continues to pound the rock, continues to play good defense. They get the win here. So nice to see them bounce back from the loss against the Chiefs last week. On the Texans side of things, it just keeps getting worse. Tyrod Taylor goes down in this mm-hmm. one. Some guy named Davis Mills came in. He's a rookie out of Stanford. He was he was a guy that had uh, high prospects come uh, like coming out of high school and just dealt with a bunch of injuries. So there's a little bit of optimism with him, but obviously not quite what uh, Tyrod was doing. They spread it around on the ground. Mark Ingram led the backfield, and then David Johnson, Philip Lindsay. Nobody really had great numbers here. Brandon Cooks, though, if you're looking for a fantasy receiver, we'll see what happens at the quarterback position in Houston. But Brandon Cooks is getting a lot of work. He had nine catches, yeah. 78 yards, and a touchdown. The touchdown was after Davis Mills came in, too. Yeah, so if, if they do have any type of rapport, you know, uh, maybe some value to be found there, and nobody is looking in Houston. I, I can tell you that much. I had uh, mm-hmm. Cooks on my bench, and I regretted that, I will say, in that league. So... Seth, I think Cleveland, you know, obviously the story here, they bounce back after the win, get to one and one, you know, not the blowout we were hoping bet wise, but uh, you got to feel good to see them come off the loss with a resounding win here. Yeah, I mean, the Texans are they're putting up fight right now. They're they're playing mm-hmm. really well. A lot of those veterans, it's a team full of veterans. And I think that's that's proven to, to you know, maybe not make them the, the shit show we thought they were going to be. I mean, we thought they probably wouldn't win more than four games. And if you uh, bet the over on them, you're probably feeling pretty good about that right now. You can definitely see this team squeaking out four more wins somewhere. So kudos to them. And through all the shit that that team's gone through, they're, they're fighting really hard because they were winning at points in this game. And, and it was really close for a good amount of time. The Browns, you know, pulled away with the style of football that they play run it. You know, they run, like I said, it's not sexy, but that's the style of football that they, how they won a lot last year and how the, the reason why they have such promise and, and hopes in this season is because of the running game and defense. So with injuries to receivers, I think they're going to keep leaning on that between Hunt and Chubb. I think Austin Hooper might have to finally earn that huge ass contract he got because he's going to, someone's going to have to catch balls there. Um, so Hooper and Njoku will probably be leaned on a lot moving forward. Along with, I know they like that Don, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones quite a bit. I mean, he had a couple flashy plays in the preseason. So maybe he gets a, a little, little bit more work too. I just don't know if Beckham is ready. It sounds like he just isn't that close to coming back. So. We'll see what that team looks like. But if they keep running the ball like they do, I think they'll be fine. I agree with you. They're they're an old school team, man, and and that's 
good for Cleveland. You know, home games mm-hmm. in December, tough place to go play. So if you can pound the rock, and they got two damn good running backs. So if you got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, get them in your fantasy lineups because they're going to get worked uh, over this next few weeks, mm-hmm. especially if. And Beckham, it's not like he was flashing when he was healthy. So right. I, I don't think he's going to save this receiving core. I think you're right. I think Hooper and these running backs are going to have to pick up the slack. Baker Mayfield's going to have to make some plays on his own. But I'm, I'm confident they'll be able to do that. And yeah, you're right. I, I do like seeing Houston fight. They're going to get a lot of wide spreads. I think you could make some money on Houston in future weeks. We'll see uh, what what it looks like this coming week. But they're going to get these touchdown to two touchdown spreads. And, you know, it looks like they're competitors. So maybe fun to beat, uh, pick them to backdoor cover. It's funny, too, because like Cooks, I think he had 10 catches last week, too, for like 150 yards. So it's going to be funny that the best year statistically of his career is probably going to be with the Texans because they're just force feeding him. We talked last week. I think we compared Detroit to Jacksonville from the Bortling years yeah. and I don't think Houston's that different uh, I think and I think he is likely to be the beneficiary of that like I think Allen Robinson was back in the day so mm-hmm. um, we'll see this is where I start getting pissed off here okay so the <laughs> Dolphins I had them plus three and a half points at home felt like the easiest money ever against the Bills instead of covering the Dolphins instead lose zero to 35 <laughs> at home so that sucked ass but Biggest news out of this entire game, I believe, is is Tua Tagovailoa goes down with an injury. I don't have a lot of detail on this one. Maybe you do, but he went down early. Jacoby Brissett replaced him. Brissett threw a lot, 24 of 40, 169 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. You got to be adjusting your anticipated end-of-season results for Miami, I would imagine. Um, yeah. What do you know about the injury to Tua, and, and am I right to say that, or you think Brissett is just as good? Yeah, I think, I mean, Tua I, just adds a little bit more of, I guess, spark, but not a whole lot. Brissett's just pretty boring. You know what you're getting out of Brissett. He does have kind of have a cannon, but at the same time, isn't completing a lot of those. With Tua, it sounds like it's a uh, it's a bruised ribs, and there wasn't any like structural damage or anything like that. So it's more of just a pain management thing. But with ribs, especially bruised ribs, you know, my understanding is that like hard to breathe, hard to move. And so it's kind of one of those things that they want to, you know, keep you out as long as they can, or they're going to have to put like one of those flak jackets on him too. when he's playing and that's going to restrict some, some movement that offense in general, though, even the game against the, the Patriots that they won, the offense wasn't amazing. They're not running the ball super efficiently. The receivers, I mean, they're getting Will Fuller back. He adds a little bit more spark to it, but they just been kind of, kind of boring, kind of blah. The defense has been fine but up to you know this game they got they got rocked this this last game against the bills so i don't know yeah i I was pretty high in the dolphins coming into the season and felt okay about them after the the game against the patriots but this one kind of makes me more nervous with the injuries and things like that the bills are they, they that was a bounce back they all looked really good after that and I think that was a that was that was a game they needed to kind of get them on the on the right track for the rest of the season. Totally agree with you there. I think just like Cleveland, uh, nice timing for a bounce back game and a big win. Miami's got serious concerns. There's no offenses. 216 total yards. They turned it over three times in this game. They had the ball ball for more time than the Bills did in this. The Bills in less time scored five touchdowns more. This is bad. This isn't like they fought well and lost a tough game. They got actually fucking ran out of the building by the Bills. Again, 35 points. A weird, though, the way that they got them. Josh Allen, 17 of 33, so not a great completion percentage. Only 179 yards, two touchdowns. He does throw an interception. Zach Moss ran in two scores, and Devin Singletary 
ran in another. Stephon Diggs was the top receiver, but he only had 60 yards and a touchdown because, again, Allen only had 180 yards. I know this is a talented Miami defense, Seth, but second week in a row that Josh Allen's stat line is not impressive whatsoever. Any concerns? You think they're just getting things revved up? Obviously a big change from not having crowds to getting crowds. You think that's shaking them up? Or when you see Allen's performance so far this year, what do you think about? I I mean, he looked he, he just looked to be in a lot better rhythm in, in this game. And especially against a tougher defense, a lot tougher defense than they played. Well, maybe not a lot tougher. Um, I think they're probably equal in terms of the secondary, the Steelers and the and the Dolphins. But he just he just looked to maybe shake something off. Maybe playing in front of the Bills the, the week prior was too much of an adjustment. Playing 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 in front of their fans again. I don't know, but you know, I I think that this is just kind of something he shook the cobwebs off and is ready to go. We'll see how these teams progress. Serious concern about the Dolphins, though. We'll we'll see uh, what's coming down the pipe for them. When we get to our game previews, Patriots win and cover on the road. They went in and beat the pants off the New York Jets 25-6. to Rookie Jets quarterback throws four interceptions. I know that's not a new headline, but there's a lot of excitement around Zach Wilson here. Bill Belichick eats rookie quarterbacks for breakfast, so I'm not ready to say that Zach Wilson is a bust based on this performance, but he stunk. Got picked four times. I think two of those got housed, if I'm remembering correctly. I, I could be wrong about that, but... Not really any offense to speak of for the Jets. They only put up six points in this one. They did have more total yardage than the Patriots, but I think that's because <laughs> the defense, Patriots' defense was moving it more efficiently than anybody else. Mac Jones was fine uh, on the Patriots' side of things. 22 of 30, 186 yards. Damian Harris having a pretty good start to the season. He got another 62 yards and a touchdown in this one. James White, the sweet one, was the leading receiver. He had six catches, uh, and he ran in a touchdown. James White, interesting. We'll have to see if his role continues to be like this in in the future, but maybe a fantasy-relevant player. I have him on one of my benches. I am keeping an eye on this. Seth, the Patriot defense, this is obviously a tough team. It is the Jets. Do you have any takeaways from this game, or is it just Jets being the Jets, Patriots yeah. being the Patriots? So what stuck out to you? No, I do have a couple takes. Honestly, uh, seeing what I saw uh, just from some of the highlights for the Patriots, it looked like Mac Jones is starting to get more and more comfortable with the offense. I, I know that you know he only had 186 yards, but he didn't have to do a whole lot in this game. Like you said, the running game was working well, but he spread it around a lot. And some of the, the plays that I saw them doing, they're starting to add more and more, it seems like, to him. They added a flea flicker into there. It just looked like... He, he's just starting to open up a little bit more and more in terms of what they're able to do with him. So I like that. Defense obviously played really well. And with the Jets, Zach Wilson looked terrible. One of the worst games I've – in terms of the highlights, I thought it, some of like the worst decisions I've seen a rookie make since probably Jamarcus Russell. It was bad. These, these throws were absolutely terrible. The decisions were – it wasn't even the throws. The decisions were terrible. Like, wide open, throwing to basically, like, no one, like, just right to the defender, and there's no receiver around. Just, like, looked lost. And the thing that, with Zach Wilson, he's basically trying to do a Mahomes impression, is what it looked like to me. He's trying to, to do a Mahomes or Kyler Murray impression, where he's scrambling around and throwing the, the ball at weird angles, and heaving it, and flicking the wrist, and all that shit. And it's just ducks, like wobbly balls going right to to right to defenders like he looks bad he looks straight up bad and it it could be because of the Patriots defense but I don't know he didn't look great in week one either so I think that and I know it's two games and whatever but based off of his pedigree being in college at BYU and just like his 
overall attributes, like this guy, I think is going to be a huge bust in the NFL. He's not a Darnold. Oof. Well, there you have it. The the first the first one to say it. I'm glad it wasn't me because I thought I'd sound like I was just being a dick. But the tape don't lie. So we'll see if terrible. Wilson can kind of bounce back. There's he's got so little around him. It's going to be difficult for him, but. You can't blame anybody else for the decisions you're making. So yeah, because they brought him in there to be a you know Mahomes type guy, you know, like which I think itself is getting guys overdrafted. But with him, it's it's those plays where he's trying to do a crazy athletic play or a crazy gifted play or whatever, and they just aren't working and they look bad and they're going like just the the throws and the mechanics themselves don't look good. Whereas like Mahomes and and Kyler, like it looks really, it looks smooth, it looks natural, like it looks. It just looks like they have, they're doing it effortlessly. And with, with Wilson, it looks like he's putting every ounce of effort he has into it, and it's not working. There's a big difference, and I you can see it. You can always see it, even mm-hmm. with some of these guys like Mahomes and Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson, that is. Yeah. When you're when you're closing your eyes and heaving it, that's, <laughs> yeah. that, looks, that looks a certain way. And when you are just making a throw nobody else can make, that looks different. And mm-hmm. I've, you've seen Mahomes close his eyes and throw it. I'm not saying great quarterbacks never do it, but you can tell. And Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson in New York, his all just look like he's praying. Uh, and uh-huh. he doesn't have a set of receivers that are going to answer those prayers. So he could struggle. Jets are a team, uh, kind of the opposite of what we were saying about the Texans. I think Jets are going to get their asses kicked a lot this season. We'll see, but mm-hmm. could be ugly. That's way too much time spent on the Jets. Um, Patriots will be interesting. I, I think that NFC East is or AFC East sorry is I don't know that like great teams will come out of it other than the Bills but it'll be fascinating one to watch there's a lot of storylines out there not terribly different from Philly actually they, they got some interesting stories going on out there but the story this week is a loss to the visiting 49ers Niners cover the three and a half point spread the final was 17 to 11 I, I didn't see a lot from this game there because mm-hmm. they didn't show up on red zone because no one was scoring. Uh, Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo for the Niners has uh, 22 of 30, 189 yards. Woo, crazy. And a touchdown. Everybody on the team had to have a carry because they running backs continue to get injured. Uh, we were talking before the podcast. Trey Sermon, unfortunately, is concussed on his first carry of the game. Everybody's hurt on San Fran in the running back room. If you're a retired running back, Adrian Peterson better start lacing them up, I think, because these guys are going through them really quick. Debo Samuel led in receiving. He had six catches for 93 yards. For the Eagles, you know, Hertz was 12 for 23, 190 yards, but he did run for 82 yards on the ground <laughs> and a touchdown. It's interesting with Hertz. He is, I haven't seen a ton of tape on him, but he's putting up some stat lines that are very Lamar Jackson-esque. And I don't yep. think he's quite that good, but his game is similar. So you kind of have to combine mm-hmm. his rushing and passing yards to really get his impact. He's putting a show on uh, for the Philly mm-hmm. fans on a team that otherwise doesn't have a ton of talent. They have Quez Watkins, who I've never heard of in my life, had two <laughs> catches for 117 yards. Yeah. I have no idea how that happens. Dallas Goddard had two for 24 there's not a guy you can name unless you watch the draft on this this Philly team. So I don't care about much coming out of this game. Niners get to 2-0. and I wish they had lost. I guess that's that's kind of what yeah. I care about from this. But I'm not impressed with the way they won against this Eagles team. And the Eagles just showed me that if you were getting too excited last week about Philly, you were getting a little bit ahead of yourself, and we need to temper those expectations. But I think both of these teams are, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is impressive that Philly was in that game. Mm-hmm. Still had a chance to win it at the end. I think coming into the season, a lot of people have the Niners as one of the Super Bowl favorites. And so far, I don't think what we've seen out of them shows that. 
defensively, they gave up a shitload of points against the Lions last week. You know, they played better this week against the the Eagles, but their offense couldn't put up a whole lot of points. Other than Debo Samuel, there isn't a whole lot going for it right now, especially with all these hurt running backs. Debo Samuel has been awesome so far this season. Uh, He's looked great. Brandon Ayuk, uh, who was the guy who kind of came up last year when Debo was hurt, hasn't showed up. And someone tell George Kittle there's football going on because he hasn't been barely been seen uh, this (laughs) this season. So I think they need to get something figured out with that offense for sure. Garoppolo is efficient, and they're running the ball efficiently like they always do. They're just not getting the big plays, or at least they had they didn't this last week. They they did in the first week to an extent, I guess. Like they're they're just. It doesn't seem like they've clicked yet, and like I said, George Kittle hasn't really been a factor, and I think he needs to be a factor to work the middle of the field. Otherwise, they're just throwing a bunch of passes behind the line of scrimmage and hoping that someone breaks one. Jalen Hurts, like you said, has looked good, and he, he is his stat line looks pretty good. I think he's played better than I thought he would, to be honest, and I think the Eagles have a somewhat competent defense, so maybe they won't be absolutely terrible, but... I think Hertz has earned himself at least a firm grasp on that position. Potentially, maybe even, you know, if he continues to play like this, I think that he might earn himself at least, a, you know, maybe a, the start of next season, too. Yeah, I think that's within his reach. I, I would agree with you. Uh, Hertz could be playing his way into a job. That's where he should be setting his sights rather than the playoffs. But Philly has a very fascinating Monday night matchup that I'm excited to talk about later on when we get to our previews. But Niners getting to 2-0 and on the victory there. Pittsburgh was at home. Uh, I picked them to cover a five and a half point spread over the Raiders. They do not cover and they do not win either. The Las Vegas Raiders get to two and zero on a twenty six to seventeen win in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think this is one of the more impressive Raider wins that I've seen in ages. Derek Carr has started the season off on fire. 382 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't run the ball a lot in this one. Josh Jacobs, I think, was out. Peyton Barber led the way, but he only had 30 yards. Henry Ruggs, five catches, 113, and a touchdown. That touchdown, he absolutely roasted whoever was playing him. Ruggs is fucking fast. Waller had five for 65. He continues to catch a million balls a game. And then on the Steelers, Roethlisberger, 295 yards, a touchdown. He did throw a pick. Najee Harris had a pretty nice game here. He had 38 yards on the ground, but had five catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. So the rookie getting involved in the offense, Juju Smith-Schuster ran in a touchdown. And Deontay Johnson has been the best wide receiver on Pittsburgh so far this year. He has nine catches, 105 yards. Is it early, Seth, to start going, hmm, about this Raiders team? Or do we need to hold out on this? And similarly, concern for Pittsburgh after a loss like this? I don't think with the Raiders would need to to start wondering about them being a, a good team. I, I I think they're they do this all the time. This is what always happens. Yep. <laughs> they start off strong and then they finish the season winning two games out of the last eight. You know, and, and so maybe like I won't start to think this team is real until we get to like week twelve, maybe. And then if they, they come out if they're in week twelve and they're like Ten and two, or something like that. Then I'm like, okay, this team's real. But until then, <laughs> I I can't quite believe it. What they have been doing is getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Been doing an excellent job out of that. They have Ngakwe there, Nasib, Carl Carl Nassib, yeah. So they've been getting a lot of pressure. They did it both to to Lamar Jackson and to Roethlisberger here. The offense has been making plays, like you said, Ruggs, who I still don't think is a particularly good wide receiver. He is able to get the deep ball every so often, so he'll do that three or four times a season and and you know make make a couple of great plays. But other than running really fast straight down the field, he's not an amazing wide receiver. That offense is still going to run through through Waller no matter what. 
Derek Carr's played well, and I think that's that's as far as his team goes. If Derek Carr keeps playing the way he's playing, and in, in the past when this like that one season he was an MVP candidate for the longest time, you know they they were really good that season. They were they were playing really well into the playoffs, ultimately lost. So that's the only way I see that team going as far as uh, you know getting into, into the playoffs or whatever. But with the the Steelers. Um, they're kind of a, a wait and see team too. I think like they played really well against the Bills um, on the road and then stink it up at home. They didn't do anything particularly like terrible in this game. I don't think like their offensive line isn't great and they can't really get the running game going. Najee Harris has been effective, but more in the passing game than he has the the running game. So I think that's an issue for them. But right now it's still kind of a wait and see. I think. I did see that TJ Watts hurt and as well as um, Deontay Johnson got hurt in that game too. So they're dealing with some injuries as well, but they have a lot of talent and that defense is really good. I still like them ultimately as, as a team in the AFC to, you know, at least make the playoffs, but I really don't know what to truly think about them right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I think patience is key here. Uh, You mentioned the injury to Watt and so we'll see how long he's out. I, I think you'll have a quick one word answer for me. The Las Vegas review journal, their headline asks the question, is Derek Carr the best quarterback in the NFL? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. There it is. Seth is on the Raiders to win it all. We'll get him to update a Super Bowl pick later on in the show. His guys are 2-0. Let's talk about, I, I think jointly, we can start calling the Carolina Panthers our favorite team in the league. Uh, yeah. They win at home. They stick it to the New Orleans Saints, 26-7. to Let's start on the Carolina side of things. Sam Darnold looked great. 26 of 38, 305 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw one interception. Don't forget, this is the team that made Aaron Rodgers look like he should be cut last week. And Darnold and this offense performed really well. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have Christian McCaffrey on his team. Uh, That guy is back. (laughs) He had 24 carries, 72 yards and a score. He also caught five balls for 65 yards. So McCaffrey's McCaffrey. He is back. DJ Moore, really nice young receiver, eight catches for 79 and a touchdown. He's on one of my benches, so you love to see that. So really nice game for this offense. For the Saints, okay, I I hear what you're saying now about Winston. I wasn't hearing it before. I wasn't hearing it a week ago. I Okay, I see it. <laughs> he was 11 of 22, 111 yards, two of the ugliest interceptions yeah. I've ever seen in my life yeah. in this game. Horrible, horrible He's the only quarterback in the league that could throw these interceptions for two reasons. One, nobody else is strong enough to throw it that hard in the wrong (laughs) direction. And two, nobody else would decide to do that, save for maybe Zach Wilson. Uh, (laughs) There was no rushing to speak of. Alvin Kamara had five rushing yards in this one and only 25 yards on the ground. There's nothing. There's no stats here for the Saints offense. 128 total yards. They have some shit to figure out. Carolina defense could be pretty damn good. They got some dudes on there. They got, obviously, a couple of picks. They got some guys along that front seven that are pretty tough. I'll ask you the same question I did on Vegas, Seth. I know you really want to. Are you there yet on Carolina as a threat, or should we continue to exercise patience for the Panthers? I want to see them play. And and who did they have week one? They had the Jets. And then this game was a good test for them, for sure, defensively. I want to see them how they face up against like when they eventually get to the the Bucks. But they have a relatively light schedule being where they fi- being where they finished, but give me a team like that, like a, a true playoff team. I want to see how the, how they play there. Darnold's look great though, and I'm ha- I'm happy to see him playing so well. Defense like you said looked great. 
the offense has so many weapons around him. Not just McCaffrey, but DJ Moore is awesome. Uh, he re- reuniting with Robbie Anderson. That Terrence Marshall they drafted is is a good young guy. They have a real shot to compete with all the weapons they have and how well the defense is playing. I just do want to see it against a, a real team like that. The Saints, yeah, Jimmy Winston, man, like those picks were bad. And when he is under pressure or forced to make a decision, it's typically a bad decision that he makes. Everything has to be perfect for him to look good in an offense. And if it's not perfect, he's going to make a bad choice. And I think that's that's the issue with him. He has a lot of arm talent, but he just doesn't have the, the decision-making skills to match that. So... Like I said, I'm still standing strong with the Saints not being a great team. I just think their defense is going to have to carry them. And I was worried about that Kamara. Uh, that's I. I was. There's no chance I was going to draft him in our draft, even if I was, you know, in the spot where he should go. Just because with that offense, like without Drew Brees, there, there's a limitation to what he can do. They're not. They don't check it down. And I don't think they have the offensive line for him to be a to be a between the tackles runner. I'm I'm worried for that offense for them understandable concerns for new Orleans. They got some shit to figure out. And unless Winston comes back and throws five touchdowns, he might want to start thinking about whether or not he's keeping that job, honestly. Mm-hmm. So we will see one thing of note from Carolina, Pat Elfline, he's the starting left guard for the Panthers. He is going on IR. He's going to miss at least three games. So we'll see if that affects this offense. That's right. Yeah. Former Vike. So he's probably pretty excited to be in Carolina instead. <laughs> um, so Panthers, uh, we are obviously very stoked on them. We picked them before the season. If you took their over, you're headed in the right direction. Shouts out Sam Darnold also. Love to see him playing well. You know who else is playing well? Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Two Gloves. Him and the Denver Broncos went into Jacksonville and won and covered. They get a 23-13 to win over the Jags. Teddy was nice here, 328 yeah. yards, 26 of 34 passing. So he's accurate, but Bridgewater's always been that. 328, though, not typical for him he to was, have that many yards passing. He was heaving it in this game. He, I mean, he gets all all 165 pounds of that body behind it, and he, <laughs> he, can, he can get it downfield. He has two touchdowns in this one. They were caught by Tim Patrick and Noah Fant, pretty nice role players, but the receiving core here was led by Cortland Sutton, who flashed a couple seasons ago, then got hurt last year. He's mm-hmm. back to the tune of nine catches for 159 <laughs> yards. If you got Sutton on your fantasy team, do you is he on your team? Did you have him benched? Yeah. I had him benched in yeah. one league. He yeah, was probably benched bench. if you have him, and you had a shitty week if you had him benched. <laughs> him and Michael Pittman, uh, I had on my bench, both for the tune of 23 points. <laughs> Oof, that's a tough one. That and I had tough. a 23-point left on my bench with DeAndre Swift the week before. So if you're on my fantasy bench, you're going to score at least 23 points probably if you're a receiver or running back. Take a look at Seth's lineup if you want the tips on. Uh, what guys to play (laughs) Seth we expected the Broncos defense to perform well now all of a sudden this offense is looking pretty nice now this is the Jaguars defense so let's not get too carried away but good to see Teddy throwing for 300 yards Trevor Lawrence not 300 yards he was 14 (laughs) of 33 118 yards and a touchdown two picks Broncos were able to take advantage get points I believe off both of those James Robinson your leading rusher 47 yards Marvin Jones we talked about Brandon Cooks on Houston I like Marvin mm-hmm. Jones on the Jags for the same reason if anybody's catching yep. a pass on that team it's Marvin Jones right now he had six for 55 and a score he was also on one of my fantasy benches Jacksonville stinks I think the question the only thing of interest coming out of Jacksonville right now is the the development of Trevor Lawrence which so far is not going well but the Broncos are they our AFC Panthers like do you put them in a similar category where it's like well maybe we got something here definitely they could be 
they you know again they haven't faced the the toughest of competition so far but they've looked really good teddy was talking about before the game like he is this is the best he's felt since early on in his career in terms physically and and it showed here like he you know, like he said threw for over 300 yards he was throwing it deep and looked good while doing it like in the past i i, I joked like he he's a guy that can you know on, on his strongest throw get it 25 30 yards down the field and he was throwing it 40 50 yards and completing it so he looked really good and I, I was happy to see that he's another guy that i just love rooting for for obvious reasons being on the vikings but he's gone through so much stuff so it's it's cool to see him playing really well but they have weapons all over the place and they're even missing jerry judy who will be gone for like a month and a half or two months but like Cortland sutton's picking up the slack the both the melvin gordon and uh, javante williams have looked good so far they have the formula to do it along with that defense and von miller I don't know if he's ever going to slow down. He's still playing really, really well. So, yeah, it's it's cool to see the Broncos doing well. With the Jags, they're an obvious dumpster team, I think, this year. But, you know, Lawrence has thrown some picks and made some, you know, bad mistakes. But I think the difference with the, with him and, like, Wilson is the decisions, I think, are less dumb. Like, I know a couple of the picks have been tips. There's not a lot around him and bo- both of them, honestly, in, in their situations. But I just think with, with Trevor Lawrence, they're, he's – just a more sound quarterback and hasn't made quite as dumb decisions. Obviously Lawrence is like the top prospect in the last how many years. So uh, I think, I think he still has a chance to be really good. It's just, it's going to take a lot more time and probably, uh, you know, new coaching staff and talent around him to, to get him there. I think so. Exercise patience on your Trevor Lawrence takes. A couple big notes from Denver here. Bradley Chubb, really talented edge rusher. He's going to be out for a while. He's going to have an ankle surgery this week. No timetable is set. We'll see if they get Bradley Chubb back near the end of the season. Thing I'll leave this game with. So four quarterbacks in NFL history have had two passing touchdowns, no picks, and 75% completions in their first two games of the season. The four quarterbacks that have done that now are Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Jeff George, and Teddy Bridgewater. So (laughs) he is off to a legendary start right now. We'll see what Teddy and this Broncos team can do, uh, but excited to see what what goes on with them the rest of the season. they got a sneaky good roster. You're going to have to look for them to to see them play. They're not going to be on TV anywhere. But they'll be a fun watch if you can catch some clips or maybe they'll have a Thursday or Monday game you can watch. But you'll see a lot of the L.A. Rams this season. <laughs> they got to 2-0. and They didn't cover, though, which kind of pissed me off. They were three-and-a-half-point favorites. They win by three in Indianapolis, 27-24 over the Colts. If you look at the stat lines here, Stafford had was 19 of 30 and 278 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. So definitely a a drop from his stats from last week. He wasn't quite as sharp. He did bang his thumb up in this one. Doesn't sound like he was even x-rayed, but he's probably sore for a fair amount of this game. Darrell Henderson, 53 yards and a touchdown, but he leaves with a rib injury. So they're waiting to see when he can play, but potentially he's back this week. So Sony Michelle got his first meaningful action, 10 carries, 46 yards in this one. Cooper Cup is, is at this point, if you don't have Cooper Cup in your top 10 receivers in the NFL, you're dumb. And you probably should have him in your top five. This is a guy, nine catches, 163 yards, two touchdowns in this one. And he did it all. He caught it out of the backfield, ran screens. He had deep balls. He shook guys absolutely out of their underpants in route running. Cooper Cup is is a stud right now. And so he is leading the way so far this season in the Rams receiving core. The defense played really strong. 
uh, Jalen Ramsey had a game-clinching interception at the end of this one. Troy Reader also had an interception of a shovel pass, which if you haven't seen that clip, go check it out. Oh, yeah. Um, for the Colts, Carson Wentz was having a pretty nice game. He was 20 of 31, 247, yeah. a touchdown, and the intercepted shovel pass, but he leaves this game. Somehow managed to sprain both of his ankles on the same play <laughs> late in the th- third or early fourth quarter. So the Colts had a chance with a couple minutes left to play to go down the field and win this game. And Jacob Eason couldn't do it through the pick to Ramsey. Jonathan Taylor led the way in rushing 51 yards. Michael Pittman, who was on your bench, as you said a second ago, eight catches for 123. That dude's fucking good. He's one Mm -hmm. of those guys that uh, people are going to start noticing if they haven't already. So uh, I think this was a good test for the Rams. Go on the road kind of perform a little bit less than their standard and still squeak out the win. They get a fourth quarter, technically a game-winning drive from Stafford to kick the go-ahead field goal with a few minutes left. So I like the Rams. They feel like they're in the right place going into a big game this weekend. For the Colts now, 0-2 and an injured Carson Wentz has to have you concerned about Indianapolis, Seth. Yeah, that's a bummer. They really competed in this one after a, a disappointing week one. Yeah, hopefully Wentz can get out there sooner rather than later because he, I mean, clearly was adding a lot to the to that offense this game. They finally got the receivers going like Michael Pittman. Overall, they looked really good uh, against one of the toughest defenses in the league. So just a bummer for them. The Rams are doing doing their thing, playing good defense, uh, efficient uh, on the offense. Cooper Cup looks great, like you said. I really would have loved to seen what this team would have had with Cam Akers, though, with a consistent right. run game like that. That, that offense would be, I think, an even level more. Because, like, Daryl Henderson looks good, but he's just not the running back Cam Akers is. Man, that would have been cool to see. So I still think that offense is great. They're going to lean more, continue to lean more, I think, on the passing game as the season goes on. So Sony Michelle looked good, though, too. He, he was efficient. But, again, Cam Akers, I think, is just a, a next-level talent compared to those guys. But they're doing their thing. They're, the Rams are – that's a tough, tough win on the road for them. So hats off to them on that. Yeah, we'll see. They got a big test. Can't wait to preview that one coming up this Sunday. I think it's America's Game of the Week on Fox, so a lot of people will get to watch the Rams if they haven't already. Rams continue on their 17-0 and path, and we'll catch up on their victory next week. Let's go to Chicago. We picked, we were pretty excited about picking the Bengals plus two and yeah. a half in this game. That pick turned out to be wrong. Chicago <laughs> wins and covers 20-17, to This was an ugly game, like fun to watch, but ugly as hell. For the Bengals, Joe Burrow, 207 yards, two touchdowns, but three picks in this one. And I think they were on three consecutive throws at some Hmm. point in in the third or fourth quarter. So you hate to see that. Joe Mixon, 69 yards on the ground. Tyler Boyd was the leading receiver, seven catches, 73. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase both catch touchdowns. Jamar Chase, deep touchdowns in both of the first two games, so... They're Mm -hmm. certainly using him as a deep threat pretty effectively so far. For the Bears, Andy Dalton goes down with an injury in this game, and so Justin Fields had to finish it out. Combined, they were 15 of 24 for 116 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. So neither of them was particularly impressive. But Allen Robinson had a touchdown. I'm told he dropped a second one. I haven't seen that replay, but this could have been a wider margin for the Bears. Roquan Smith, big game on defense, a sack and a pick. I, gosh, I really was hoping the Bengals would would get this one and get to 2-0. I would have been really excited about that. But don't forget, America, the Bears have a good defense. 
and they will take it from you. And and I think a lot of fantasy leagues are going to see the Bears get picked up this week. Again, not a game where I think these are you know playoff teams, so we don't need to spend a ton of time. But I, yeah. I think this was one where they are who we thought they were. But it sounds like if Dalton's injury is anything substantial, we're going to get the Justin Fields project. And I am interested in seeing that going forward. Yeah, I think uh, the Bears' defense, the one thing they can still do is create plays and take the ball away. Their their passing defense, though, is is bad. You're going to be able to pass on them this year. Burrow this game was – this is one of the other games I had on. Like, he was running constantly. Their offensive line is probably the worst in football. He is getting hit so much. He's running around for his life out there, and it's lucky he only had three picks. <laughs> you know, Honestly, like one of the – one of the scores was a defensive touchdown, a long run back by Rokon Smith. If there was one less interception in this game, I think the Bengals could have won it. I think that's the limiting factor here. Like, I think as, as good as Jamar Chase has already been so far, I think they're going to regret not taking Penny Sewell where they where they could have because mm-hmm. he is just getting – it's it's awful. Like, he's going to get hurt again this season. There's no way he doesn't. The, the only way they're going to be able to prevent that is just doing a bunch of quick throws all the time. And that's not the type of ball Joe Burrow plays and the type of receivers they have. Like, they have playmakers like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. So I feel bad for Burrow because I, I think ultimately he's not going to be able to finish the season as the quarterback if he keeps getting hit the way he's hit, getting hit. The Bears, like you said, we'll see what Justin Fields adds. He didn't look great, albeit short, you know, that was short notice and probably didn't take all the reps in, the, in practice. But that offense just looks... Like I've been saying, Matt Nagy, this whole time, like that offense isn't good. It's just, a, I think it's a broken offense. And I think next year could be a potential unlock uh, season for Justin Fields with a new offense, uh, potentially, if they bring someone in. But between their bad defense and the, the, the offense just being bad, other than D- uh, David Montgomery, who's played pretty well, the Bears, I, like you said, I don't think are going to be a playoff team either. You mentioned T. Higgins there, uh, six for 60 and a score. He's owned, I think, in every fantasy league. But if not, go get his ass. They're using him really well. He's a nice player. That's a good wide receiving core. If they could block, they'd be uh, really interesting. If Burrow had time, he could he could slice up all these defenses. Like he's it's not it's not even really he's making terrible decisions. He's just getting run down constantly. Yeah, you can only take that for so long. Even the greats. Let's go now. We're gonna have to talk about your Vikings here, Seth. And I I am fascinated to to hear your take on this game. Uh, so I'll, I'll just lay the stats out here and set it up. The Cardinals are gonna win this game at home, thirty four to thirty three. This is a very competitive game all the way down yeah. to the end. Uh, Arizona does not cover. It was a four and a half point spread. So if you picked them, you lost. This one was back and forth, back and forth. Uh, mm-hmm. Vikings played well. Kirk Cousins got off to a hot start early. 244 yards in total, three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook, 130 yards on the ground. Some guy named K.J. Osborne caught it five times for 90 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Last Justin Jefferson, too. six for 60 and a score. What do you know about this Osborne guy? Just a, it's a, He's a, a late-round guy from last season. They really liked him. I think he earned the number three spot and has come up really big the last two games. He's looked good. Yeah, I think in a game where the Arizona secondary is pretty tough, I'm just guessing here. Does he operate in the slot maybe? So matchup, matchups um, have created some opportunity no. for him? or No, it seemed, Thielen's been more of a slot guy lately. I, I think he, he the big play he had was on the – the touchdown was on the outside. So oh, I think he's just – he's a, he's a smaller guy, and he probably does play some in the slot. I think they might move him and Thielen around. But, yeah, he's just been making plays. He's a quick guy. Nice performance here by this Vikings offense against a, a Cardinals defense that, you know, we were all very frightened of after last week. So they found some holes. Kyler Murray found some holes too, though. Uh, 29 of 36 through the air, 400 big yards, uh, three awesome. touchdowns, so throws good. two picks to the Vikes. 
in this one, but he does run in a touchdown. So four total touchdowns, 430 yards total. Kyler Murray is is a freak. They have running backs, but who cares on that team? Yeah, uh, yeah. Rondale Moore is the leading receiver for Arizona in this game. Seven catches, 114, and a score, including one on a absolute miracle of a <laughs> Kyler Murray highlight. Scrambled around for what felt like three or four days. The fucking refs are checking their watches, see how long it's been since he's been running around, running away from the Vikes defense. Finds Rondale Moore having a tea party deep in the secondary with no one around him. <laughs> it's, that was a really fun play to watch. Hopkins scores again. He's got three tutties on the year now, four for 54. A.J. Green gets in the end zone. Great to see him scoring again, too. This game, Seth, comes down to a field goal at the end of the game. Greg Joseph had a chance to win it. Oh, Greg. As the clock expired, he misses... Vikings were a, were a few feet from getting a big win over yeah. a tough NFC team. Are you encouraged by the performance or more just disappointed by the field goal? And what does that say about Arizona that Vikings took him to the edge here? I am encouraged about, about this game. Offensively, they, they stepped up. Defensively, even though they gave up 34 points, they gave up 34 points to one of the best offenses in the league and were still in it at the end. They had turnovers, like you said, the two picks. They also were able to get to Kyler Murray a lot, too, in this one. Uh, Daniil Hunter had a really good game, which is good to see because he spent all season on IR, hurt neck and stuff, and that's a tough injury to come back from. He was playing really, really well in this one. So that was super encouraging. I, I was So I, I was happy to see the, the way the Vikings played that game. They totally, I mean, I was expecting them to come out there and get just piss-pounded. And the fact that they were in this game and were leading at times and it's back and forth and were super competitive with one of the teams that I think is going to be a contender at the end of the season. I was happy about it. So obviously, I, you know, I don't think the Vikings are, you know, an elite team right now, but I think that, you know, if they can keep getting better and hopefully eventually get fucking Christian Dershaw, their first round pick out there to, to block for him, even though the line held up really well, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook was like, he was hitting the hole quick and had a bunch of room to run in this one. So he looked fantastic. But I think if they can get Dershaw in there and then like Anthony Barr has been hurt, so he hasn't even played yet. I think that defense is, is going to be able to step up this season, especially if they get these pieces back and the offensive line could improve. They could they could still be a team that competes for a playoff spot, but it's going to be tougher, especially starting off 0-2. Cardinals, like I said, I think they're going to be one of the best teams. Kyler is fucking insane. Like, some of the plays he's making, running around, and then just throwing darts to people. Like, Rodgers had kind of one last night where it was – you know, behind the back of a, of a defender and Peyton Manning freaked out about it. Like Kyler's doing those same things, but he's also like running laps around the, the, the backfield there and then fucking darting it to guys like dude is nuts. If he keeps this up, I think he has, he has a, a real shot at winning MVP this season, the way he's playing. Ooh, I love that. I'm, I'm loving the big swings. Zach Wilson's a bust and Kyler Murray is your MVP. I don't think you're the only one in the Kyler Murray camp right now. His numbers are through the roof. And he's got a 2-0 and team right now. You mentioned Daniil Hunter, three sacks in this one. That's tough to do. Yeah. So big game, especially on Murray. Just even finding him once is tough. So yeah, uh, nice game for the Vikes. I like the Vikings, especially if nothing else, for some backdoor covers this year in a game like this one where, you know, you got to think they're going to compete in an NFC North that looks gettable. We'll talk more about the rest of the North in a bit here, but really, really one of the really good games on Sunday was uh, Vikes Cardinals, and I didn't expect that, so it was nice to see. Not a good game. Buccaneers, they run over the Atlanta Falcons. Final score, 48-25, to 25, so they do cover their 12.5-point spread. We thought they would. 
I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on this one, but Matt Ryan Yo. did have 300 yards, two two scores, three picks. Kyle Pitts, he Kyle Pitts is 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 getting into into things. Uh, five catches for 73 in this one. Calvin Ridley, they're also using Cordero Patterson a yeah. lot in an interesting way. Ghost to Cordero Patterson. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy to see. So if if you have a deep fantasy league, look out for Patterson. Uh, he's a guy that I think could be a factor. He's not going to win your league, I don't think, but he scores two times in this one. He ran one in and had a reception bear pod, a one-hander yeah. out of the air. Pretty awesome and he's play. Been, he's been receiving a lot out of the backfield a lot too, so he's been lining up at running back. Yeah, it's crazy. This guy's been around the league for almost 10 years now, and now just looking like he is that first-round pick the Vikings wasted on him. Well, finally, someone said, hey, you know this guy that we got? Why don't we do the Percy Harvin thing with him? Like, <laughs> we, we, can, we can give him the ball all the time and put him anywhere, but he's got the size to be able to take hits. And somehow uh-huh. the first people to think of that were Atlanta. So nice uh-huh. that he's getting some work, but Atlanta stinks. Uh, they got their asses kicked by Tom Brady, who had 276 yards and five fucking touchdowns. He's yeah. got, what, nine now on the season? Um, his his pace is better. His stat pace is better than when he won the MVP in 2009, Seth. We were virgin. He's playing better than he did <laughs> when we were in high school. Like... It is insane that Tom Brady's playing this well. He's doing it efficiently. He just looks so in control. You, If you didn't say Tom Brady's age, and you can't not hear it when you watch him play, mm-hmm. if you could watch them on mute, you would not think anything different than, nope, Tom Brady's just one of the guys, probably the same, yeah. right around the same age as Matt Stafford. He really likes hucking it around. He threw it to Gronk for two touchdowns. They have the connection going. Chris Godwin gets a score in this one, and Mike Evans two scores. So not only is Brady becoming or continuing to be incredibly efficient, taking care of the ball, getting scores, he's getting all of these really talented offensive players involved. This is an offense that is fucking terrifying. What do you do? Who are you supposed to stop? And the Bucks defense absolutely just took it to Atlanta. It is the Falcons who they stink. They're not going to playoffs, probably top five draft pick. But the Bucks look like they're just carving their sword up now and tuning it up so that they can beat the shit out of teams in November and December. They look really nice. It's insane. Like, just the fact that Tom Brady is out there doing what he's doing. And, you know, the talk was, like, they were just getting started towards the end of the last season and going to the Super Bowl. And everyone's like, they say, that's 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 team speak. That coach, that's coach speak. They've done, they've done nothing but prove that, that that's the case. Like, they they were just getting started at the end of last season with, with that offense. Tom Brady is, if more like you said, more efficient than ever. The stats are on par with that MVP season. And, like, even just if you look at it with fantasy, they mentioned on, on one of the fantasy podcasts today, he is potentially, like, a top two or three quarterback right now in fantasy. It's because of his passing numbers, which is unheard of right now. Every other top fantasy quarterback – it has rushing to their game, and he's doing it strictly with passing. He probably won't have more than 20 rushing yards this season, but he'll be a top three quarterback if he keeps doing what he's doing. It's insane at 40-some yeah, years old. They give you a lot of points for getting it in the end zone, and it turns out if you keep the body right, the guy who's done this way more than everybody else, he knows what he's doing. So yeah. as long as his body can make the throws, he is really fucking good. Can't wait to talk more about the Bucks when we get to our previews in a second. Dallas Cowboys, they get their first win of the season, and they cover, because they were dogs, they get a 20-17 to win over my L.A. Chargers, who fall to 1-1. One and one. This was a bummer, man. Uh, it came down to the end of the game, and it was Dallas who was able to pull it out. They get a buzzer-beater field goal 
the end of the game from Greg Zerline. I think it was, yeah, 56 yards. Love to see Greg the leg making an impact. It's weird to me, though, that this is the game the Cowboys won, and last week is the one they lost. Because Dak had 237, no touchdowns, one pick. Tony Pollard had 109 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Yeah. Zeke Uh had a nice game, 71 and a score, and he caught another two balls. C.D. Lamb was a stud, 8 for 81. Amari Cooper goes down with an injury in this, so we got to keep an eye out on that wide receiver room for the Cowboys. But it looks like this offense underperformed. The defense, though, maybe overperformed. Justin Herbert, a lot of yards, 338. He has a touchdown pass to Mike Williams, um, but he throws two picks to the Dallas defense. They kept Eckler in check. He had 54 yards. Did have 61, though, that he added on the ground. Said a second ago, Mike Williams, 91 yards and the touchdown. You highlighted Williams, Seth, last week as one of the guys who has the talent to be a top receiver in this league. He's showing it through Mm -hmm. two weeks. Really nice performances. And, oh, yeah, Keenan Allen had 100 yards uh, (laughs) as well. So really nice competitive game. I I would like to have seen – the Chargers score more points in this one. I was surprised that they didn't hang 25, 30 on Dallas, but similarly, I thought Dallas would score more too. So it was a weird game out there in SoFi stadium at LA. I'm I'm not coming off the chargers quite yet, but this one was a, I didn't like to see it go down the way it went down here. Um, What'd you take away from Cowboys chargers here? And with how close that Washington game was after what we've seen out of Washington, I don't know, maybe you might need to, rethink that chargers pick but um yeah i'm surprised about that one too i thought this you know as opposed to the minnesota game where i thought it'd be a one-sided scoring affair i thought this one would be uh, a shootout between the two teams and it just wasn't that like you said the offense uh was efficient uh, you know the, the the running game between pollard and zeke was was fantastic cd lamb is a stud he's had some issues with drops this this season and last season but you know so far it seems like he overall has been doing a good job and, and making plays but Micah Parsons, Tra- Trayvon Diggs has been really good for them as well so far this season. Uh, he had a pick in this one. So it's, it's surprising. Maybe that that Dallas defense is more of a bend-don't-break type of defense. And, you know, if they can make some plays. Like the thing they were missing last year was turnovers. They, they weren't able to get any turnovers. And this year so far they have done that against uh, two really good offenses in the Bucks and the, and the Chargers. So good to see for them uh, if you're a fan of the Cowboys or have them to win the NFC East. The Chargers, they're an interesting team right now. I, I, I almost kind of feel like that offense has taken a bit of a step back Um, Mm -hmm. they were putting up a lot of points last season and so far they've what put up 17 and 17 the last two weeks so Mike Williams though he's their touchdown guy Uh, he's the guy that they're going to be looking for in the red zone I think he's kind of replaced like we talked about like Hunter Henry that type of role and he's looked really good so far he's got to stay healthy though that's the biggest thing with him is staying healthy so I I I think the Chargers still are going to compete and be a playoff team but I think maybe the Cowboys are better than we thought And I love to see it. I like a competitive Dallas team. I hate Dallas, but they're good villains. Um, (laughs) Chargers, by the way, we're going to learn a lot about them. They go Chiefs, Raiders, Browns, Ravens, Patriots in the next five games. So we'll see how they go through this stretch. But uh, they got some things to figure out before this weekend or my my dreams of the L.A. L.A. Super Bowl. I don't know. I'm still confident. I think they're going to get it figured out. This is a team offensively that's way too talented to score only 17 points against Dallas. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully they can get it figured out and start getting some points up. The Seahawks have not had trouble putting points up. They score 30 against the Titans, but they still lose. Seth, the Titans come back, get an overtime victory, 33-30. to 30. 
over Seattle in Seattle. So if you were looking for the Titans to bounce back after a disappointing performance last week, they did that. If you were looking for Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry to bounce back after bad performances last week, well, let me tell you what they did. 347 yards for Ryan Tannehill, no touchdowns, no picks, because Derrick Henry scored all the touchdowns. 35 carries for the big dog, 182 yards, 182. A lot of guys don't have that on the season yet. And three scores for Henry. He won me my fantasy matchup uh, in our league. Julio Jones, big game. Six catches, 128 yards on this one. So the Tennessee offense is awake, so that's good to see. The defense, still questionable. Russell Wilson gets off in this one, 343 yards, two scores. Chris Carson runs in two more touchdowns. Lockett and Freddie Swain were the receivers on Wilson touchdowns. Lockett, by the way, 178 yards and a touchdown, having an excellent start to the season. He had 100 yards and two scores last week. So 278 and three touchdowns through two games. If you got Tyler Lockett on a, on a, in a mid-round draft pick, you're doing pretty well in your fantasy league. If we hadn't seen last week's performances, this is what I would have guessed would happen between the Titans and Seahawks. I think these are good offensive teams that want to put up a lot of points, and I was glad to see a really competitive matchup. I think these are both, they look potentially like playoff teams. Tennessee, I think, has a better chance in the AFC than Seattle does in the NFC, but these are two really nice competitive teams who, who just kind of did what we expect them to do what did you think about this one, Seth? You catch any highlights from Titans Seahawks? Yeah, it was good to see the the Titans offense kind of get going. Derrick Henry, even the first half, wasn't playing well. Uh, and then the mm-hmm. second half, he's like, all right, enough of this, and decided to take that game over and win it for him. A.J. Brown is still off to kind of a slow start, but Julio really got going in this one. He kind of looked like Julio again, got robbed of a touchdown before halftime, I think. So, uh, yeah, that was horseshit. Yeah, that was dumb. Good to see him kind of going to that offense now, too, and, and uh, really we're starting to see what that offense can do with Julio and potentially even more with A.J. Brown if he gets going. Seahawks' uh, offense looked great as well. Defense is kind of the, the question mark with this team. You know, some of their stars are playing well, like Wagner and, and Jamal Adams, then they're, that defense can, can really be a difference maker. But if not, or if uh, they're up against one of these elite offenses, they're going to struggle. So... I don't think it told us a whole lot other than that both these teams are, are you know, I think towards the, the top half of the league and are both really good offenses that either we, we knew they were or had to kind of wake up a little bit to get to that point. Going to be interesting to see these two teams going forward this season. I think they're going to put on some exciting games, some fun ones to watch. Man, it was an exciting game on Sunday night. Chiefs went to Baltimore and lost 35-36. to 36. Baltimore gets the win at home. This was an amazing, I don't know if you were watching this live, this was a really Mm -hmm. great finish to get to watch. Ravens in the fourth quarter put up 12 points. They were down 24 to 35. They hold this Chiefs scoreless and score uh, 12 points in the fourth to get the one-point win. Lamar Jackson was Lamar Jackson in this one, 239, a touchdown. He does throw two picks, but he adds 107 yards and two more touchdowns on the ground. We said it last week, if if the Ravens are going to win games, Lamar Jackson has to be a freak. And he did. He was in this one. Tyson Williams had 77 yards on the ground, so they did get some contribution from the running back position. And then Marquise Brown really emerging as a nice receiver here, 6 for 113 and had a touchdown in this one. We'll get back to the, the story for the Ravens here, but for the Chiefs, Mahomes, 343, three scores, one pick. He was Mahomes and, and Jackson 
they earned all of the praise that they get. They were really mm-hmm. dueling. Both of them were super, super sharp. Clyde Edwards Hilaire has had a disappointing start to the season, and he has a fumble late in this one that kind of ends up costing the Chiefs a chance at a game-winning drive. So he's going to have a long week. But Travis Kelsey continues to do his thing, seven for 109 and a score. This this was one of those games where you thought the Chiefs were going to cover, then the Ravens kind of make it a game at the end. And then just when you think the Chiefs are going to give it to Mahomes and do what they did the previous week, it gets taken away. I think what we've seen historically with this Chiefs team is if you're going to get the ball away from him, you got to take it away from someone who's not Mahomes. <laughs> Look for the Chiefs to keep it in his hands. As little as they run now, I, I could see him doing even less. For the Ravens, this came down to a fourth and inches in their own territory. And if they got it, they could put the game away with kneel downs. If they did not get it, they were giving it to Mahomes on like the 35 or 40 yard line. And there's a really great shot of John Harbaugh looking and yelling at Lamar Jackson and asking him if he wants to go for it. And Lamar says, yes. And (laughs) Harbaugh says, okay, go ahead. And Lamar runs for the first down and ices the game. It was, I get chills thinking about it. It is the exact shit I love to see in football. And for Lamar Jackson, he's obviously outmatched in this game when you look at Ravens versus Chiefs, but he did enough in this one to get the win. It's what we've been saying Baltimore is going to need to do, but it's really fun to see Jackson do it when he's on. I don't take anything away from the Chiefs in this loss, but Lamar is still Lamar, man. We, We can't forget about him. I think, you know, I think unfortunately for the Ravens, this might have been the, the win that they, you know, like he's never beaten the Chiefs, but I feel like it's going to be hard to do it again if they meet up again in the season, you know, in the playoffs. So maybe they they mm-hmm. w- maybe wasted their one win uh, in week two against the Chiefs, but I guess that's for future Ravens to deal with. But yeah, Lamar's looked great. And like we talked about, he, the only way that this team goes as deep as they can is if Lamar plays like that and plays like that at an MVP level. So great job by him. Yeah, this this is just a weird one for the Chiefs. I mean, it really I think outside of that that Edwards Alaire fumble, like if if they would have kept the ball, they probably would have ended up winning like they always do, you know, and uh, kind of unfortunate for uh CEH because he has been a guy that was a first-round pick and had a lot of promise, but he is just even even outside of this, he hasn't looked great. Like he's only had I, I heard on the fantasy podcast, the last run he's had over 20 yards was prior to Halloween last year. So he's he's not even he's not having a lot of explosive plays, uh, a lot of explosive runs. He just he's it doesn't seem like he's maybe even the right fit for this offense. Like Daryl Williams has been a better running back for this offense than than Ceh has. So kind of a bummer for him, but I I don't think we're gonna see a lot of Chiefs losses this year, and they're still still my favorite in the FC. But if Lamar keeps playing the way he's he's playing, the, the Ravens team could could definitely uh, make a run at it at the end of the season. Don't count those guys out. Ravens play with a lot of heart, uh, which is makes them super, super fun to watch. Seth, are you concerned about this Chiefs team come playoff time if they can't run it, or you're not worried because no. Mahomes is Mahomes? No, not even not even that. Like their defense, they have the fir- like the 32nd ranked pass defense and the 30, 31st ranked run defense right now. Like their their defense is terrible, which it always is, and they haven't really run the ball super well since Mahomes has been there anyway like Damian Williams is there for a bit and played well but even then it seemed like he is more of a factor in the receiving game if you have Patrick Mahomes and the weapons that they have they're fine I think honestly what cost them a game this game was because they were trying to run it <laughs> you know like they gave the ball to Edward Edwards Alaire and he fumbled it so they should have kept the ball in Mahomes's hands so there's really not anyone out there that probably fits that scheme really anyway so it's like who are they going to bring in at this point Running backs are a dime a dozen in the NFL. Yeah, I think that unless it's a super, super elite talent like a McCaffrey or a Cook, someone like that, like 
look at fucking Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard ran better than Zeke, and Zeke is a former first-round pick. Like, yes, Zeke's a little bit older or whatever, but you can find running backs to, to really play well. There's just a few guys that are super special. Biggest weak spot on my fantasy team right now. I don't like to see it. <laughs> Take him in the third round has been disappointing. Still 2-0, though. <laughs> the Detroit Lions, not 2-0. They're actually 0-2. They went to Lambeau and lost to the Packers, who had a get-right game on Monday Night Football, 35-17. to So they do cover the 10.5-point spread, which I picked against. Nice job, Cody. Nice bounce-back game for Aaron Rodgers. He's 22 of 27, 255 yards, four touchdowns in this one. Aaron Jones catches three of those, 48 yards receiving for him on top of 67 yards rushing and another touchdown. So four touchdowns for Aaron Jones, a really big night. Loved loved to see him get interviewed and stuff after the game. Devontae Adams did his thing, eight for 121. But this was a competitive game through the first half. The the Lions actually led 17-14 going into the locker room. Jared Goff had a really nice first half, bad second half. 246, two touchdowns, one pick lost two fumbles in the second half. DeAndre Swift coming off an injury. He had eight carries, 37 yards, and then added 41 in the air. But a lot of that was in garbage time. TJ Hawkinson remains the most interesting part of this team, I think. Eight catches, 66, and a score. Got him on my fantasy team. Pretty stoked about that. This Lions team is is one that is going to fight you. Like we said, they, they took the Packers, you know, they were ahead of them at halftime. And turnovers, it starts raining. You know, a lot of stuff went bad seemed like Lions had bad luck in the second half, but they're going to compete and make it tough on teams. And for Green Bay, this is what we expected to see last week from Green Bay. So we'll see going into week three what happens, but these are the Packers we thought were going to come into this season. So nice to see them performing to expectations. They did show some chinks in the armor, though, so we will see. I think this is a Packers team that is more beatable in the North than we thought. They're way better than they were last week, but maybe not as good as I thought think we thought going in unless they continue to improve so we'll see if your uh, your tough Vikings team can compete with Green Bay all season but they do get their first win Rogers telling everyone to R-E-L-A-X after the week one loss so they get to one and one here yeah I think the biggest thing for the Packers right now is the defense specifically they're missing Zadarius Smith um, and I think he's out for a bit so that's going to be tough but I think this was a game that the Packers needed at home at Lambeau they needed to have a, a game where they just blow out a, a, a team that's clearly not as good as them and the offense uh, needed to, to pick it up. So good to see Rodgers playing well. If you're a fan of his, I'm not a fan of the Packers, but a fan of his uh, personally. And Aaron Jones was great. He looked really good. Devonta Adams. I mean, there was two outstanding throws that Rodgers had. I mentioned the one earlier to Robert Tunyon, who it was just like three defenders around him. There was a defender with his back turned to the ball and he just zipped it in there. Like, Basically, just like the ball appeared in Tunyon's hands, so that was that was interesting. Um, and then there was a just a dime to Devonta Adams down the sideline. Rogers doing Rogers things. Devonta Adams doing his thing. The Packers are on on the right track. Hopefully, they uh, maybe lose some games so that the Vikings can uh, try and make some headway in the division. NFC North wrapped us up on Monday Night Football. Really nice week. Created some interesting some intrigue, I will say, around the league. A lot of the things we thought a week ago or change significantly. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue to calibrate as we get into week three. Before we preview our upcoming games, we're going to wrap up our recap, take a look at the money we made. Seth, tell us about your bets this week. Show me the money! Not the best week of betting for me. I mean, I didn't lose a whole lot of money, but because I, I guess the one bet that I did hit 
uh, and kind of help make up for the the amount of money that I did bet. But I only hit one of my parlays. It was ended up being Sunday night, which was which is nice to kind of I guess finish out the weekend with a win. I had Travis Kelsey um, and Lamar Jackson to score a touchdown, along with Tyson Williams to rush for over 48 and a half, and Travis Kelsey to receive nine, over 90 and a half, so 921 odds. So that wasn't too bad. DFS lineup didn't do too great, and none of my other parlays. I had a couple of parlays that were, actually, I think I had three parlays that were just, I had missed one leg on them. So that was kind of a bummer, but. Overall, not too bad of a weekend. Walked away with a fantasy fantasy win as well. So I'm, I'm even on the season again at one-on-one, so that was good. But overall, not terrible, but not great either. I did not end up placing many bets, but I did put some Monday night parlays on. Finally figured out how to do that on my shitty Oregon scoreboard app. <laughs> um, Rodgers didn't have enough yards to make one of my parlays. I had him and Hawkinson for big games. I thought I had won 100 bucks because I had a bet on Rodgers to score a touchdown in both games. But upon review, I, I don't think his passing touchdowns count oh, on those, yeah. which makes sense yep. out of the odds I was getting. And I made no money. So that was pretty frustrating to find out. Yeah. But. You were texting me about that, and I, I didn't even think about that till later. Um, yeah, typically when, when you do like same-game parlays and things like that for the person to actually either receive or run in the, the score. So, yeah, that makes sense. But lesson learned. Yeah, what are you going to do? I only had a few bucks on it because the odds were so crazy. So um, yeah. I wasn't a big loser this week, but we'll see. So a, a middling week this week. We'll see if we can get right in week three. So let's take a look at those game previews, see where there's some money to be made. It's coming right for us! Before we get into our picks, I actually should say I am sucking at pigskin pick. I had a shitty week. Um, <laughs> Dirty Dan leads the way 18 and 14. So he's having a really good start to the season. Brett. The Green Bull Packers right behind him, along with you, Seth, and then my brother Kyle, myself, and Tyler, uh, who plays his boobs with a Z, bringing (laughs) up the rear. So I got to get right this week. So high pressure on me on these week three picks, and I I am ready to do this. We start with Thursday night football. Sam Darnold and our Carolina Panthers go to Houston, and the Panthers are seven and a half point favorites here. I am taking them, and what I would say uh, if you're going to bet money on this is bet it soon. Because this line is going to expand as people bet the Panthers. Houston's playing their now third quarterback, and their defense doesn't look like you can stop them. So I, I think this is a blowout win for Carolina. So I'll, I'll eat the seven and a half points and take Panthers on the road. Yep, I'm there, right there with you. I think with Davis Mills starting, the Panthers' defense playing the way they are, I'm going with the Panthers as well. That one feels easy, which means it's probably wrong. Also a low over under 43 and a half points. So if you think Carolina is going to put up a bunch of points or if you think Houston's going to be game competitively, it might take a look at the over on that scoring for the low line. Let's go to Buffalo. The Bills are eight and a half point favorites over the Washington football team. And I think that's too wide. I, I know the Bills are the Bills and they love to score points, but what have we been talking about as the threat to Josh Allen? Pressure up front, which Washington can provide. And this Bills defense has not shown that it's amazing. I mean, they played well against Miami last week, but I think Heineke can can keep them close in this one. I think McLaurin and uh, Tredavious White is going to be a really fascinating matchup to watch. I like the tight end, uh, Logan Thomas, in the middle of the field to, to get them enough points to stay in this. So I still think the Bills by a touchdown, but eight and a half for Washington is too much for me to give up here. Yeah, I'm going with the Bills on this one. Uh, I just think that this is easily the best offense that the, maybe not easily, the Chargers are pretty good offense, um, or at least they could be. But I think the Bills are coming off a hot game. 
playing really well offensively against a very good defense. So I'm going the Bills on this one. Yeah, you're probably going to be right. Every time I pick against the Bills, they go fucking supernova and <laughs> win 35-0. to zero, So Cleveland, they're at home. They're favored by 7.5, another big spread, over the Chicago Bears. Interesting matchup here. The Browns are going to want to run it. Bears are tough against the run, though. Bears are terrible at passing, but the Browns have no receivers. I think ultimately the Browns are going to get it done, but I think this is a closer game than people might guess. So I am going to take the Bears plus 7.5, but I do think the Browns are going to win it. I'm nervous about my seven and a half, though. I, I will say that. What, what are you going to go? Yeah, I'm back and forth on this one. I'm actually going to lean the Bears, too, here. I'm interested to see, especially I'm assuming Justin Fields is going to play. I think maybe if, if there's if there's one move here that I think could maybe make, maybe, uh, you know, keep this game close as if they design, if, if they plan around Justin Fields and maybe have a good game plan for him. Jarvis Landry is out for the Browns, probably won't have Odell. Not as much offense. I think this will probably be a close game just because there'll be a lot of running in it. So, yeah, I'll lean with the Bears on that one in terms of the plus seven and a half. Chicago, you got a chance to disappoint us. I'm sure you'll take advantage of it. Detroit, here's an interesting line, and I'll tell you ahead of time, I'm loving the dogs this week, I'm starting to realize quickly. Detroit's at home plus nine and a half points against the Baltimore Ravens. I I think matchup-wise, Baltimore is a better team. And I think they're going to score a lot of points on this Detroit defense. But Detroit's offense, is they're a real threat. And Baltimore's defense doesn't impress me so much. So uh, nine and a half, I'm, I'm going to take them and, and pick the Lions here to keep it close. But I'll still take Baltimore by a touchdown to win the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going opposite on this one, too. I'm going to go with the Ravens on this one. You know, coming off this this last win, it kind of a, you know, a tough beat down for the Lions, too. Terrible. I mean, the, the Lions have nothing on defense. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Ravens on this one. We'll go to Nashville. The Titans, five-and-a-half-point favorites over the visiting Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to make the assumption here, and and we'll see how this progresses through the week, that Carson Wentz does not play. If I'm correct in that assumption, then I'm going to take Tennessee to cover. I just think they have too much offensively. This is a good Colts defense, but I don't think their offense is going to get anything done. So the, the Tennessee defense, weak as it may be, might be feeling confident after that Seattle win. So I think they'll do enough. So I, I'll take Tennessee by a touchdown at home. I agree with you on this one. Especially, yeah, with no Wentz, likely no Wentz. And even if he is there, he's going to be bump, um, beaten up. So I'm going with the Titans on this one. It'll be a shame to see 0-3 Colts, but uh, I'm afraid that's where we may be headed. My Chargers are getting 6.5 points. They're on the road at the Chiefs. This is an easy 6.5 points for me to take. So I'll take the Chargers. Two reasons. One, the Chiefs don't beat anybody up. Two, I think this Chargers team needs to have a bounce-back game offensively, and they can do that against the weak Chiefs D. So I'm not going to pick a winner in this game. Uh, I don't yeah. like the Chiefs to get to 1-2. and two. I feel dumb picking that, but 6.5 points, I will take them uh, with L.A. The Chiefs definitely win, but they, do, they never cover, so I'm going with the Chargers. You can get plus 245 on the money line for the L.A. Chargers on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm probably going to give that a little bit of action. I'm not super confident in the Chargers winning this game, but that's, those are really nice odds on a money line. So take a look at that one on, on your local sports book. As we go to New England, Patriots are favored by two and a half points over the Saints. I have no fucking clue what to think of this game other than that Patriots picked off Zach Wilson four times. And right now, I don't know if the Saints have a quarterback any better than Zach Wilson. So give me the Patriots to cover and get the win at home. But I, I I'm honestly I have no fucking clue how this game's going to go. I think the Patriots win this one easy. Minus two and a half is, uh, I like that. And 
They are going to be in my Moneyline Madness parlay, my three teams each week that I'm putting in my parlay. The the Patriots are minus 152 for the Moneyline. I think they win this one easily, so I'm putting them in, in there. I love that. McCorkle, going to get the dub at home, according to Seth. We're going to New York. This this is odd to me, but I guess three and a half point favorites are the home New York Giants. The Falcons are coming in and getting those three and a half points. Feels like they're baiting me into taking Atlanta. I'm going to have to take the bait here. I, I just really <laughs> have not been impressed for any three seconds at a time for New York. And I just, I, I know that I've been proven wrong a hundred times in a row now, but I just really feel like Atlanta's offense is too talented to continue to be this bad. I don't know if Atlanta wins this, but I think three and a half, I don't see the Giants running away from them. So I'll yeah. take Atlanta, but I'm not confident. I th- I'm going with the Giants in this one. I think as bad as New York is, I think Atlanta's worse. Yeah, you could very well be right right about that one. Someone's getting their first win of the season, though, unless they tie. So we'll see about that. Maybe I'll bet on the tie. I know you can get crazy good odds on ties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers are at home minus four and a half against the Cincinnati Bengals. This is another one where I feel like I'm being baited. I'm loving the dogs this week. I'm going to flip my pattern here because I don't want to get too one-sided. Give me the Steelers to cover at home. I think they're going to get after Burrow big time, especially if Watt is healthy, but that remains to be seen. Give me like a five or six sack Steeler performance uh, in a convincing win for them to get to two and one. Yeah, it seems like the Bengals always play the, the Steelers tough, and I don't think Watt's playing. So with no Watt, I think that you know Burrow might have a little bit more time. So I'm going with the, the Bengals plus four and a half. I like that pick. If I find out later in the week that Watt is definitely not playing, I may switch. So keep, keep an ear out for that. Uh, plus, you're only getting three and a half points on FanDuel, four and a half points on Pick'em. So make sure you're paying attention to the lines if you're going to bet that one. Jacksonville is at home against the Arizona Cardinals, and they're getting seven and a half points, but that's less than 100 points. So <laughs> I'm going to take Arizona to cover this. I think they stop this game at halftime because it looks so ugly. I don't know what Jacksonville is going to be able to do. So if you got Kyler Murray, you weren't going to bench him, but get him in your lineup however it is you need to do it. There's going to be a lot of points in this Arizona offense, I think. Yep, I agree. I'm picking the Cardinals there. Feels like easy money. That line may expand. So if you're going to bet that one, bet it bet it quick. Denver, they're at home. Ten and a half point favorites against the New York Jets. I'm going to take Denver to cover this spread. This is, it feels great to make this pick. It's been a long, long time since I picked Denver to beat anybody handily. The defense is going to be all over Zach Wilson. It's not getting any better for him anytime soon. And give me Teddy for another 350 in this one. (laughs) Yep. Couldn't agree more in this one. Now here's Vegas. A week ago, I would have said, here's an interesting test for them. But the Dolphins are coming to town, potentially without Tua. So we'll see. But I don't think he's expected to be able to play here. So your Raiders are four and a half point favorites. I'm going to take them to cover. I I think we're going to be talking about this Raiders team after a convincing win a week from now. So I I like Carr to perform and uh, I like this defense to be all over Miami. Yep. Uh, I just think with no Tua, you know, on on the road, beat up team. Fortunately, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Raiders long term, but I think right now they're riding the hot hand. So picking the Raiders there. They are going to be really loud in that stadium for week three. Can't wait to see that on TV. Here's America's game of the week. I don't think any game comes close to touching this. The Rams are going to be at SoFi Stadium along with your boy, and the Buccaneers are coming to town. Both teams 2-0. and This is a NFC championship preview, if you ask me. The Rams are favored on the pick'em by a point and a half. I'm going to take them. I think they're going to win. Might take a buzzer beater field goal or a Matt Stafford game-winning drive, but... Uh, I got to roll with my guys at home, minus one and a half. I'll take the Rams. 
I agree with you. And uh, this is the second team in my three-team Moneyline Madness parlay. Rams are at plus Ooh. 100 odds. So I'm going with the, the Ram. They're home, home pups at plus 100. So I'm going with the Rams on that Ooh. one as my second leg of the parlay. That makes me so happy. And and I want to I wanna make sure that something is clear. So the pigskin pick them on ESPN, the Rams are minus 1.5, so they're favored. But on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Buccaneers are one and a half point favorites. So if you like the Rams and pick them, throw some money on them. They get, they're getting a point and a half at home and they're plus 100 on the money line. So I love that bet, Seth. I would have missed those odds. So I'm going to get some cash on that before I get on my plane. I like the Rams at home in what should be one of the really good games we've seen so far this year. Your Vikings, they're at home as well, and they're getting a point and a half against the visiting <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Ooh, this they've had some really good matchups between these two teams. Give me Seattle to get the win by a field goal or so in this one, but I, I do think Minnesota's going to make a game of it at home. You like your, your guys plus a point and a half, or are you still never picking them again? Yep, still never picking them again, so go with the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> The Vikes, plus 106 on the money line. So if you're picking them plus 1.5, uh, you might take a look at that money line as well. Could make some money. And I'd love for the Seahawks to get to 1-2. and two. That'd be fun to see. San Francisco will have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers coming into town. San Fran is favored by 3.5 points. You're telling me I get Aaron Rodgers in what is basically his home field, because he's from NorCal, plus 3.5 points after they finally got it together against Detroit? I'm taking that all day. I'm going to figure out every way I can to bet on Green Bay this weekend, being that they're dogs. Yep, I agree with you on this one. And to round out my three-team Moneyline Madness parlay, the Green Bay Packers are uh, underdogs, uh, plus 150 in the money line. throwing that in there, so that rounds it out. Total parlay, Patriots, all money line, Patriots, Rams, Packers. Lock it in. We're all going to win money. Love that. Plus 728, the odds currently on that three-leg parlay. I like those picks. And we go, that's your Sunday night football matchup. So we're all going to see that one. Monday night football, my second favorite matchup of the week. I think this is going to be a very fun game to watch. Dallas, the Cowboys are at home, minus three and a half against the visiting Philadelphia Eagles. I have no idea how to pick this, but I think this is going to be a really interesting one to watch. Give me the Eagles. If this was a two and a half point spread, I would take the Cowboys to cover. But being that, you know, Cowboys could win by a field goal and I'm still going to hit on this pick them. I'll take the Eagles plus the points. But more than anything, I'm just really interested to see how this game goes. Could be a thousand different versions of football on Monday night. Yeah, I'm going with the the Cowboys in this one. I think that this is one that they need to win to kind of separate themselves in that division at home. Coming off of an impressive win, I I think that the Cowboys cover this one win by at least a touchdown. Would be good to see uh, Dak and the boys get to 2-1. and So those are our picks. 16 games, another full slate in Week 3. Can't wait to get down to L.A. and watch... That Rams game, uh, friend of the show, Fitzy, who is also in our fantasy league coming out, big Bucks fan. So really excited to take that game in with him. And uh, hopefully the Rams can perform or I'm going to have a long day. Those are the games coming up this weekend and a couple opportunities for you to make some cash along with Seth. We're going to wrap up our game previews. And as I can, I'm sure all you listeners can tell, we're way over time already. So let's hurry up and get to one more thing so we can wrap this thing up. But I'm down to Want to shout out Gus Johnson and Aqib Talib. They had the Vikings and Cardinals game. Gus Johnson, you've you've heard him. You probably you might not know him by name, but you've heard him. He gets so excited about plays. It is so fun to watch. And Murray, oh my goodness! It, like his calls are all like that for like a 12 yard gain. And then Aqib Talib. The thing I love about him is 
he doesn't do radio voice. Like, Akeem Tlaib's from the hood, and, like, he talks like that. And it's really cool to see. He, he gives some really good perspective being a former player, a former pro bowler. And these guys felt as close to regular guys calling football to me as, as it gets. So I loved this team. I hope to see them. I don't know that they're going to get any of the premier matchups, but maybe if you're looking for, like, Denver, they, they might get some Denver games this year, Tlaib being from there. So I uh, really liked that team. And Gus Johnson, if you've not heard him, look up a YouTube reel of Gus Johnson calls. Super, super fun. Yeah, they were fun to listen to for that game, especially with how back and forth and explosive it was. I mentioned earlier some shit went down at uh, you know during the Steelers game, and there was some shit going down in the, the bathroom at Heinz Field. Heinz Field is <laughs> their first home game uh, back since the season started. There was a, apparently a man who was a fan of Jerome Bettis who had too much of an exciting morning or maybe had something uh, maybe not good to eat the night before because someone took a, a picture of a guy washing his khaki shorts off in the, the sink at Heinz Field who had just pooped his pants, and this guy captioned the tweet or the picture, <laughs> I've never been happier. Dude pooped his pants and is uh, washing them out in the sink. Steeler football is back. <laughs> wow. So uh, that, is, that's, that is perfect. For Steelers fans, uh, you know, I'm sure a, a welcome sight and a welcome return to – home football for the Steelers you know some of their faithful are are so excited that they're pooping their pants I gotta give you a a delayed kudos on the there was shit going down in the bathroom that was I don't know if you did it on purpose but that was that was a good one we got Steelers fans shit in their pants and we got Gus Johnson screaming his head off about Kyler Murray in one more thing but I'm down to one more, one more thing All right, folks, we hope you enjoy week three. We'll be back seven days from now to recap it and get you ready for week four. Send some positive thoughts out to L.A. so that I don't get absolutely shit on by Fitzy if the Bucks whoop the Rams. And uh, spare a thought for the Vikings at home trying to avoid 0-3 against the visiting Seattle team. So uh, big weekend ahead, some really nice matchups. Hopefully we've armed you with some ways to make a little cash too. If, If you've hit on a bet that you got from the show, let us know. Get in the comments out there at sociallyconstipatedpod.com. And uh, we'll shout you out here on the show. Let's get this thing wrapped up, get you off to week three, starting Thursday night. For Seth Ott, I've been Cody Michael. We'll see you next time. Bye.